Hello, this is Jonathan. And this is Jack. And this is our podcast about the economic effects of the coronavirus on the music industry. As many of you know, the global pandemic known as the coronavirus has shut down all sorts of things across the globe. Schools, businesses, and even sports have been postponed for the time being. However, amidst all of this, you might not have thought about one of the largest industries in the world. It may surprise you to find out that music artists and labels alike have been greatly affected by the shortage of revenue coming in from shows, as well as the inability to easily collaborate with other musicians. Hey everybody, this is Owen Bostwick from Bucks and Six, and this week I'll be talking about why the Bucks should offer reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo the Supermax contract, which is worth up to $253.8 million over the next five seasons. In order to connect the coronavirus to the music industry, we must first understand how labels, writers, producers, and music artists all work together to obtain an income. The music industry has long been associated with the exploitation of music artists by their own labels and managers. Before a music artist even starts working on an album, they must first come to an agreement with a music label. This agreement usually consists of a loan made by the label to the artist in order to fund advertising advertising and production costs, as well as compensate the label for giving the artist a platform to get their music out there. Once the song is released and the profits start coming in, the label keeps all the money until that original loan has been paid off. From there, the label receives a predetermined percentage of all profits and the artist gets the rest. For example, according to Rolling Stone, the profits for an iTunes song that costs $129 goes like this. The retailer, Apple in this case, keeps about $0.40. Cents. The rest of the money then goes to major label companies, which divvy up the amount between artists, songwriters, and producers. In another case, artists are also able to intake revenue from YouTube. The success of the song on YouTube is gauged by the amount of views that the song gets. Because of this, YouTube is a very important part of an artist's income. Music artists are also able to receive income from royalties from radio stations, which means that the radio stations pay an artist every time they air their songs, which adds up to a pretty significant amount of revenue. Lastly, artists are able to receive income from merchandising and collaborating with merchandising firms to sell their products. Before streaming services started dominating the music industry, Album and vinyl sales were able to provide artists with high amounts of income. According to a digital music revenue statistic, album sales have been going down every year since 2013, to the point where the revenue in million US dollars is half of what it was in 2013. This is due to the rise in streaming services, which has taken over the market since they burst onto the scene in 2011. As a result of this, the artist's main source of income comes from the high ticket prices to shows and tours. Artists are able to use anticipation and loyal fan bases to their advantage in order to maximize their profits. A lot of times, 
A longing fan base presents the artist with the trade-off between wanting to satisfy their fans quickly or release high-quality slash time-consuming music that will leave a lasting legacy and bring in more money to them. A big problem in minimizing inefficiency in the music industry is music piracy. Music piracy is the illegal streaming of released or unreleased songs. It is most common when a highly anticipated album is prematurely released by so-called stream rippers. For those, for those who don't know of the term, stream ripping refers to a type of music piracy in which files are stolen from illegal sites and transformed into downloadable content for the public to use cost-free. According to a study from market research firm MusicWatch, there were 17 million stream rippers in the U.S. last year. In these cases, stream ripping usually delays the release of an album because the public has already heard the music. In addition to this, music piracy has caused artists and labels to lose about $300 million in potential revenue. Though music piracy can cause market failure, supply and demand is still very evident in the music industry. The supply curve is the amount of music an artist is willing to put out to the public. and The demand curve represents the fans that buy the music and how much they want it. Some artists release a, a limited supply of music in hopes of not oversaturating the market and creating high demand for it. Because of this, it creates a stigma between listeners that an artist creates only high-quality music. Although, the price for the music driven by the supply and demand curves is usually impossible to predict due to illegal music sharing. This leads to the music industry not meeting supply and demand norms due to the influence of an outside factor. And now, we'd like to take a moment to shout out one of our sponsors, a podcast about small businesses. Go check it out. Howdy, y'all. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should check out Sydney, India, and Caroline's podcast about Kiva, an organization that helps small businesses contribute to the economy. Now back to listening. Now that we have a good background about how the music industry functions, we can start to get into how this connects with our current state of the coronavirus and how this affects the music industry as a whole. To give you a perspective, back in the 90s, live performances and shows accounted for less than one-third of artists' income. As we mentioned earlier, vinyls and CDs accounted for for a much larger part of the pie until streaming services started popping up in 2011. Since then, the percentage of an artist's income coming from live shows has gone up to a whopping 75%. Live Live shows are now more important than they ever were before. As many of you know, the coronavirus has halted nearly all group activities around the world, which includes these shows. Because artists are not able to perform, they are losing out on a major chunk of their income that they otherwise would have been making. Jobs such as tour managers, directors, and operators simply are out of the workforce completely. And since other jobs are so hard to find, 
at the moment, it leads to a scarce source of income. Other people that are affected by this in the music industry are people like Don Smiley, head of operations at Summerfest. In a Rolling Stone article, Smiley said, our entire company wasn't sleeping well because of the uncertainty. It is easy to tell from that quote that there is definitely some distress among professionals in the music industry. To add on to that, the virus has hit not only artists, but also labels extremely hard, costing the industry nearly $10 in just a six-month span. People are trying to find new ways to monetize music for an income, such as the live Travis Scott concert on the video game known as Fortnite. The virus has basically doubled down the hurt for the industry because of the already lost income from streaming services on top of the lost income from the virus. Because of this, it has made it even more difficult for labels to afford signing less slash unknown artists. Overall, this really stunts the growth for the future of the industry. To put this in a circular flow model perspective, the scarce amount of income to the artists affects the wages and salaries that they can pay to the people and households that help make and promote their music. This creates a domino effect, as the households then have less money to consume other general products and pay consumption expenditures back to the businesses that create the music. This really shows how a lack of income for music artists can be applied to other situations around the world. As you can see, there are many economic principles and job positions that you may not have known going to the music industry. This, tied with the effects of the coronavirus, have left a lot to discuss and figure out with the future still uncertain. We hope that you have learned a lot from our podcast. And for now, I'm Jack. I'm Jonathan, and we'll catch you next time.